I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me today, Layla White, founder of Text Passport, and Isabel Pitt, head of core services for Zopa Bank, one of the UK's newest banks. The topic, how banks and fintechs can work together to promote innovation. We have a bank, we have a fintech. Let's talk to them. Let me begin, if I may, with you, Isabel. Personally, my view is that, you know, there's a lot of undiscovered opportunities that lie with technology innovation. And the sooner we can start to innovate together and co-create as a ecosystem across all of banking, the faster we're going to realize this. Having come from institutional banking, uh, retail banking, as well as fintech, it's a whole new world being able to play in a space where you know, you are in the cloud, you you know, technology is moving at such a rapid pace, and you're able to move alongside with it. Whereas, you know, I found in past roles, you know, you were really hindered by legacy technology. So I feel like, you know, there's a there's a real push, and an opportunity that we need to capitalize on as businesses. And from your perspective, Layla? I think it really kind of mirrors what Isabel said. So my background, I worked in banks also for a long time, and I was always in the vendor-facing roles like procurement, commercial management, vendor management. And I was working at actually HSBC, and I saw that, as Isabel said, like banks want to innovate a pace. They want to access new innovative technology. You know, gone are the days of having hundreds of thousands of developers off building something. There's, you know, these new fledgling startups with these kids fresh out of university who have got more skill, way more skill than I have at my tender age of 40. But, you know, all of that innovation, it's it's just a prime opportunity for banks to be able to leverage these new fast innovations coming through. And yeah, I just thought actually there has to be a better way of doing it. But yeah, I think it's, it's a really exciting time. And that whole co-creation thing is just, you know, it's it's great. We often hear co-creation or co-compete. And I think we're really moving into that space now. Tech Passport is working with Zopa. You're working with other banks as well. Are there any issues in terms of the service you offer, in terms of what you do, that might cause competition issues for the banks? How do the banks behave towards you if they know you're working with one of their competitors? Well, it's really interesting. And actually, Robin, it's a really exciting moment because what we're seeing are banks coming together to work with us. What we're seeing and the rationale for me setting up companies, having worked in banks and seeing that you know, innovation is really important. They want to, banks want to access this, this new technology that's coming down the stream all the time. But the processes within banks, for anyone who doesn't know, it's really cumbersome. It takes a long time to onboard suppliers. Um, Banks are like super tankers, aren't they? Oh, gosh, they are. You know, it takes a long time to turn. And the business teams that we find want to innovate at pace, but the processes are really kind of set up for larger deals. And there are kind of steps being made. And I think over the past few years, large financial institutions are recognising they need to make these changes. But whilst I was working in in one of these banks, I realised that actually to do it in a one-to-one kind of silo-orientated fashion is really going to be suboptimal. And the knock-on effect from the bank's perspective is obviously delayed opportunities, delayed revenue, missing out on great innovation. But from a supplier's perspective, it kills the supplier because the onboarding times take way too long. And we're looking at like one to two year sales cycle to get into a bank. And it's when you're in a startup, if you're, you know, you're self-funded or you've got some, um, some investment, that money doesn't last forever. 
you know, research shows there's a real big drop off at two years um, because suppliers run out of money. So we're lucky enough and we're fortunate enough we're working with some of the biggest and smallest banks in the world because we're making sure we're inclusive to really look at how we make this better. And to your point, Robin, what's really exciting is that the banks aren't seeing this or certainly the ones we're working with don't see this as an issue from a competition perspective because they all recognise that it has to be addressed, it has to be fixed. And so we're really, really grateful um, and feel very excited that these financial institutions are coming together to make it better. And I think that's a huge, huge signal out to the the supply market that actually if you want to work with these banks, they are making steps. They want to work with you. They want to make it better. And they, you know, they're proactive. They're not just talking about it. They're not just signing up to something. They're actually proactively doing it. Yes, it's really exciting. One of the things we might see, given the fact that money is getting tighter for startups, for fintechs, is that banks will go shopping, not just for a solution, but for the solution provider. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always been the agenda of a lot of financial institutions. It's pretty standard that if a financial institution consumes a product they see as a strategic, then they will probably make a bid for it, either from an investment perspective, because they're protecting their interest, or they might look to buy it completely. But I think, Robin, you're quite right in this kind of environment with from a, fun, from a financial downturn, potential downturn perspective. We could see more of that. I think that's likely. I think we're probably outside of that loop right now. Not because we're not interesting enough or not good enough, but we're, in a, we're luckily we're in a good situation financially. Well, let me turn back to you, Isabel. At Zopa Bank, our topic is how banks and fintechs can work together to promote innovation. Who are they promoting innovation to? Is it internal selling? You've already suggested, Leila, that the banks actually know what they need to do and want to do it. So presumably, it's not a case of selling it internally, or do you still have to persuade internal sources in banks that this is the right thing to do, this is the necessary thing to do? Or is it about selling it to the user, whether the user is a retail customer, an individual, or whether it's a business? Shall I jump in, Isabel? You can jump in after. I mean, realistically, I I think I'm in a a pretty privileged situation where I understand the politics and the bureaucracy and the different kind of ways that banks operate, and which is why I kind of started the business and why I feel quite you know privileged to be able to, to do this. What we find is that quite often the business teams see the value, but there's always going to have to be that internal selling because it's a change of approach and a change of process. Sometimes actually we have like the procurement teams coming to us and saying, yeah, we want part of this you know, this is slowing us down. Actually, we spend so much time doing like small kind of admin piece of pieces of work. And actually, if we weren't focusing on this, we could focus on more strategic pieces of work, like putting MSAs in place. And so if we focus on being able to enable the NDAs and the trials. So very much the front end of the process. But yeah, quite typically, you still need to get that buy-in. And, and even with any product that any supplier is trying to sell into a bank, you still have to go through that process of getting that buy-in from different teams in the business. So from the business perspective and the business owner's perspective, and then you're looking at the compliance teams, you're looking at procurement teams, legal. So, you know, ironically, what we're going through, we want to try and fix the process and make it easier, but we've got to go through the same process as well. But it's really important that startups understand that when they're trying to sell into a bank, they're not just selling to one person and um, they've got to sell into quite a few. And it's really important they get their sponsor basically to sell for them and to help promote them through. But it takes a long time. 
I'm going to assume, Isabel, that Zopa Bank is a little less labyrinthine and Byzantine than some of your larger competitors. I want to say I've been fortunate, but maybe it's not fortunate. I've been on both sides of the fence, right? So I did a piece of work in one of my previous roles that was very much about a partnership with, you know, an accelerated startup. We bought into that. It was in the press. So I've been through that process where it did take months. It did take nearly, I think it was like 18 months to get through that internal process and the overhead of not only the internal compliance, but also you know, how you communicate what could be a very strategic or material a partnership to the regulators as well. Like it's quite significant piece of work that goes into that. And there are a lot of people. It's almost like a company within a company to to actually run this process to now being at Zopa. Whilst we're a bank, um, we consider ourselves a fintech and we function in that way. Like ours is about, you know, spending the energy on the value creation. So where we can partner and we can do things a lot like streamlined and faster, we were open to it. So I think I've got less of an internal sell now because people are just very keen to continue to grow us as a business. And there's no internal politics per se that maybe require some internal PR and selling and all of that. I think people within Zopa, it's really exciting because they're just really keen to get things moving and see the value they're creating in real time. And it's just a really exciting place to be. So I've come from both ends of the spectrum. And (laughs) this is why I'm a big supporter of Layla and what uh, Tech Passport are trying to do because, you know, having been through the harder of the two processes, the people in those teams that are desperate to innovate and to partner, it it can become quite demoralizing because it takes such a long time for it to actually come to fruition. And by then the technologies you know, obsolete, you know, the use case might not exist anymore. You know, there's, there's, you know, stuff moves on while you're waiting for this due diligence to happen. So I think there's a, there's a real push across many different people. And to sort of highlight what Layla said, I think one of the big things that I've noticed too, because of the length of the process is that you have to have many sponsors within a larger incumbent because people leave. And then all of a sudden that sponsor is no longer there. And as a small player and you don't have such a big network within that company, you could get lost or you could become deprioritized. And that is a huge risk that you've been, you know, communicating that this is a partnership that's coming up. You're about to, you know, close the deal and then somebody leaves and that doesn't happen. And that could really crush you as an organization. I think what you've just been describing is what they call in the movie making business development hell. <laughs> Very much so. I wonder I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be like I don't wanna show all my war wounds at once. <laughs> it was it was quite arduous. <laughs> all right, Layla, to come back to you, you said one of the key things that a fintech has to do is get the internal sponsor in the bank to sell for you. What would your advice be? to a fintech entering into conversations, negotiations with a bank or the bank coming to the fintech, what does the fintech have to do to present itself to the bank in the optimal way? Well, um, first of all, sign up to Tech Passport. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's a big, really cheesy sales place. Um, But in all honesty, um, we've made a point of not charging suppliers to join our platform because we've been through this process. We're going through it. It's tough. Um, and we want to help startups, but but once you've you know once you've been picked up by a, a a person in the bank and they want to run an NDA and a trial, it's really important when you're selling 
And we've had to learn this as well. And I wasn't very good at pitch decks. I talk a lot, but people like pitch decks still. It's really important to sell your value. And it's really important to understand the challenges that your client is facing and sell the value that serves it. We've been to quite a few pitch events where I've attended as either a mediator or whatever. But hearing startups selling and talking about what they're doing, but sometimes it misses the value point. And that's what you have to really focus on. What are you going to do? What kind of value are you going to bring to that financial institution? And are you solving a real problem? And that's really, really key. You have to be solving the real problem they're interested in. If you're not, they will give you the long maybe. And that's the worst thing. Actually, what you want to kind of find out is the short no or the short yes, because if it's no, you can learn a lot from it. But that long maybe is a killer. So it's really about selling that value. And then I think once you've got that and you will start to establish, understand the trouble and the problem that your client is facing and being empathetic to them, but genuinely empathetic to them. Because if your company is going to solve a problem with that, then you can build a relationship upon it. And that's really what you want. And we kind of pride ourselves on the way we work with financial institutions and actually suppliers is developing relationships. Okay, final thought, Isabel, from you. Where do you find the fintech that's got the solution? How do you find the partner you want to work with? There's a few ways to approach it. You know, initially you do a market scan. Now you've got a marketplace at Tech Passport. But there's a few realms. I mean, a lot of uh, professionals within the financial services, you know, they are constantly looking at who's playing in, in the space, what problems are they trying to solve, particularly from a product development and, you know, technology-based solutions. So I think going to, you know, FinTech Week London was there that I met quite a number of new players and started having some sessions and asking for demos from them. So I think there's a number of different ways that you can approach it. But I find it really interesting with Layla's idea of a marketplace of having done the initial kind of validation of the company and and brought them on board kind of gives you an accelerated starting point so that's that's definitely something to to think about but i think you know you need to you need to be out constantly looking because the market is moving at such a quick pace you've got companies cropping up really quickly so i think continually doing market scans uh, is a really important part of the job Isabel Pitt, Head of Core Services, Zopa Bank, and Layla White, founder of Tech Passport, thank you very much.